This is Jim on the Air. Jim on the Air. Jim on the Air. Jim on the Air. Jim. Jim on the Air. On the Air. Jim on the Air. Jim. On the Air. Jim on the Air. With your host. 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 Jim Suriani. Jim Suriani. Jim Suriani. Jim Suriani. Jim Suriani. Jim Suriani. With your tiny little host. With your host. Jim Suriani. Jim Suriani. Hi, it's Jim. Hi, and welcome to another edition of Jim on the Air. I'm Jim Suriani, your host, your host with the most. I have to use that joke every time because I'm contractually obligated to use it. And if you believe that, I have a bridge to sell you. I really do need to come up with another line, but that's that's my line for now, and I'm sticking to it. I'm Jim Suriani, host of Jim on the Air. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm very excited about uh, this show uh, this time around. Uh, we're going to chat with um, Stacy Burroughs, and Stacy is currently in Edinburgh at the uh, Fringe Festival, and um, we're going to talk about her uh, one-woman show called uh, Bulletproof Unicorn. And talk about um, how how it came about, um, the story behind it, and then also about the Fringe Festival. Um, I don't mind saying that. Um, in for me, that's a that's a bucket list item. I would love to get out there to see um, and to see the Fringe Festival in Edinburgh, and uh, that would be uh, just fantastic. So I'm excited to talk to her all the way across the pond <laughs> in Scotland. And welcome to Jim on the Air, Stacy Burrows. It's good to see you again. Hi, Jim. Literally. It's great to see you as well. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. And it's great that we we're able to do this. I'm, it's so exciting to be able to, to do a show and have somebody, you know, on the other side of the planet, practically. <laughs> I'm looking forward to being back on your side of the planet. I'm leaving yeah. on Sunday and I am, I've, only, I've been here three weeks now. <clears throat> and I am, um, I am, if I never see another fish or chip or hear another bagpiper, I'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, They're charming the first week, and then I'm like, all right, enough, enough. I need an avocado. I need a lettuce. I need, I need some tacos. A, I need some fish tacos. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's very, it's it's been <clears throat> an incredible adventure. Also, I it's been one of my bucket list items, too, so I did it this year. Yeah, so there you so, go. I'm, I'm a little bit jelly, <laughs> but no, no. But don't I'm be so too jelly because I'm I'm in my hotel with COVID right now. So oh gosh, so it's... jelly gels. Yeah, I saw your social media that you got COVID, mm -hmm. and I'm so bummed for you. But it you was were... gonna happen. Listen, it was gonna happen. Yeah. This town, this it's a festival, and there's thousands of people here, and we are having a lot of fun, and yeah. it was bound to happen. So I had fun for two weeks, and the last six days have not been as much fun, but <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> That's all right. But, but it's, it's better to be able to say that you, you got to at least uh, participate than not at all. Exactly. <laughs> I'm really fortunate it happened when it did, honestly. Yeah. And yeah. it kind of happened towards the end of your, your tour, right? Cause you yeah, I got 12. I had planned to do 18 shows in three weeks, and I did 12 of them. And then I started feeling kind of crummy. And then I tested, and I was like, oh, that's why I feel so crummy, because I've got yeah. COVID. <laughs> oh, so then I just, I just called off the rest of the... The 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 show is because I figured even if I were to get a even if I were to test negative like today or tomorrow, nobody's gonna want to be in the room with somebody who just literally got over COVID. Because I think you're supposed to still mask. I don't know what the rules are anymore. So I was like, I ah, forgot about right. it. Well, and, then, and the rules are different depending on where you are in the world. You know, they're it, well, yeah, they're, they're kind of loosey goosey here. They're not as like strict as California is. So. Yeah. Well, and even in California, it depends on which county you go to. Um, I know because in L.A. County, don't you still have to wear masks in L.A. County? I have no idea anymore. Yeah. I, I have no idea. But I remember um, uh, friends of mine and I, we went to uh, see a show in L.A. And um, oh, yeah. Oh, in the theater. Yeah. I saw theater. Mike Berliglia right before I left and everybody in the theater was masked. Yeah. Yeah. You had to be masked in the Over theater. there at uh, uh, Center. What's it called? Center. Oh, Center, Center Theater. Yeah, Center Theater Group. Uh huh. Yeah, we saw um, oh, actually uh, Terry Ball, who you know, oh. and and Vicky Scott. We the three of us went to see um, the Jamie musical. I oh oh oh. First of all, hold up. <laughs> we gotta unpack everything you just said. First of all, I love Terry and Vicky so much. Please tell them I said hello. I love them. Love them. Love you. And oh, also, everybody's talking about Jamie. I saw that in London right before COVID. Okay, so oh. I 
loved everybody's talking about Jamie. Oh my god, I loved it. And that song yeah. that the mom sings. Yes. Oh, forget it. I was oh. I was a mess. I was a mess. I was, I like, was too. My kids were like, we're gonna have to drag mom out of the theater because she is destroyed by that song. It was so beautiful. The one she oh. sings about her son. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That- there, I don't think we had a dry eye either in the in the house. No. I I was a dish rag during that number. Yeah, for sure. And the 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 actor who I forgot her name, but um, who did it in L.A. But she, oh my God, she had a. Well, you know, the 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 girl who originated the role in London came to L.A. Oh, for did. part of that run, and I don't know if she did all the shows, but I will tell you, I can't remember her name. Forgive me, but uh. That woman has like special abilities. Let me just tell you yeah. that. Woo! Oh, she was good. I mean, you got me right. You got. Yeah, and um, well, because you know, you're a mom. I'm a son, and so. you <laughs> I know, right? right? And for me, I was like, <laughs> oh my god, I gotta go call my mom after this. Show. <laughs> Seriously, like, I'm not even kidding you. When she finished that song, there, everyone, everyone is weeping. This was me. <laughs> literally, this is me. <laughs> I literally like. Gasp! My kids are like, "Mom!" I'm like, "I, I can't." I can't. Yeah. Just, oh my god! I just so relate to her. <laughs> it was just yeah. stunning. Anyway, yeah, love, love, love. What's his name? Leighton. Leighton uh, Williams. What? Oh, I believe so. I believe so. Yeah, his yeah. name is Leighton. They Williams. are fantastic. Yeah. Love, 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 loved it. Okay, and great. I'm so glad you got to see it. Yeah, so I got to see it, and we saw it closing, uh, closing afternoon uh, matinee. And awesome. um, oh, and uh, Bianca Del Rio was in it as well. Well, Bianca Del Rio is at the Fringe right now. Oh, really? Wait, oh. Bianca Del Rio was in the cast of Everyone Talking yeah. About Jamie. Yeah, uh, Bianca t- played. Oh, oh, uh, as as the older uh, performer the, that kind of owned the um, that owned yeah, the uh, the costume shop, shop or whatever. Shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <gasps> I did not know that. Yeah, Bianca Del Rio is here now killing it. But I will tell you who's really killing it, and everyone is just like. Okay, there are two shows right now that everyone is talking about. I mean, literally, I could talk the whole. I could talk for three hours about what I've seen and what everybody needs to see. But let me yeah. tell you about the two shows everybody's talking about. There's a performer named Ruben K. Are you familiar with Ruben K? K A Y E. I'm not. That sounds familiar, but I'm not sure. What a drag cabaret act! Evidently, this okay. person has stolen the French. Just everyone is just like. Everyone's talking K. about Ruben. Right. Everybody's talking about Ruben. I did not get to see it because I got sick, but. Ruben, and then there's another one. This is the one you need to put, just tuck it away. Okay, You're going to have to wait a while to see it, but I guarantee pen. you, you will see this show. Okay, it's a young guy. The name is Rob Madge, M-A-D-G-E. M-A-D-G-E. Okay, M-A-D-G-E. Rob Madge's show, it's a solo show, and it's music and storytelling and comedy, right? Uh-huh. And it's called My Son's a Queer, But What Can You Do? Okay? My Son's so a my Queer, son's But What a- Can You Do? My son's a queer, but what can you do? All right. First of all, I saw the poster. I saw the name of the show. I'm like, I need to see this. I did not get to see it because I got COVID. But my front of the house guy who helped me at my theater, he saw it. He's a gay, young gay kid. Um, he saw it once. He was like, I was a mess. I had to go back and see it again. He goes, and I'm going to try to see it a third time. Anyway, so the wow. good news about Rob Madge that just came out literally last night is that at the end of the show at the curtain his parents come on stage they all do a bow together because it's all about his life you know it's very autobiographical and then uh they announced that uh they've been given a a a run on the west end in london so the show is going to the west end so just put file it away my son's a queer but what can you do uh it's all about rob's love of disney and from uh, a very young age, wanting to be a Disney princess. I'm not going to give you any other facts about it, okay. but I will tell you, whatever. He, I, I, I've just heard nothing but great things about this show. So that's called, the that's the next big thing that you okay. will hear about probably in two years. <laughs> and, yeah, I know, because everything happens in the West End in mm-hmm. the UK first, and then eventually. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, so I, before COVID, I saw everybody, everybody's talking about Jamie, and I uh-huh. saw the musical Six. Did you hear about the musical Six? I've heard of it. Yeah, I've heard of it, but yeah. I haven't seen so it. I saw those two. And Six was a fringe show. So it oh, started okay. at Fringe, and then went to West End, and then went to Broadway, or off-Broadway. I don't know where it is yeah. now. I think, anyway. is it on Broadway now? I think it's... I don't know. Uh, I'm not quite sure I was the right audience for six. Oh, okay. I say that. I think maybe to young tween 
tweens. It's more for the tween age. I don't know. I don't know. It didn't. It didn't hit me like everybody's talking about Jamie. But again, right, I'm yeah. a 49 year old mother, so. <laughs> so. What are you gonna do? It was great. It was super impressive. I don't mean to talk shit about it. I'm not quite sure that I was the one that they. You know what I mean? The the, the the target audience for it. Right. I'm not sure, but it was so impressive and so phenomenal that it came out of Fringe. But that's it. Nice. I could talk more about friend shows, but uh, but anyway, let's. But we should, we should talk like, about oh, your I'm show. Sure. What's that? Oh yeah, oh yeah, my show. Oh, oh yeah, my show. Oh yeah, I did something here. <laughs> but yeah. um, so you you've uh, written a show called Bulletproof Unicorn, and um, well, first of all, tell us how tell us the story behind the story. How did how did Bulletproof Unicorn come about? Okay, so one year ago. <laughs> It's hard to tell the story without doing the show. Uh, but one year ago, I went home to visit my family in Texas, and I took my kids, my two teenage boys, and my husband. We had not seen my family throughout the whole pandemic, so it had been you know, a year and a half of not seeing them. So I thought, we need to go down. We need to see our family. Uh, as a side story that goes along, uh, my brother was having a hard time at that moment in his life. My brother's had a hard time his whole life, but at this point he was hitting a, a wall and he had asked for my help. So my brother's an alcoholic and he has some mental illness issues. So I decided that I would uh, try to help him. <laughs> and that's when I got into a lot of trouble. So uh, I take you through a lot of things that happened on that trip, but the trip ended with me and my kids and my husband holed up in a hotel room uh, while my drunk brother threatened to murder us. And I had to... Um, it just went on for it went on for days. It was like three days of constant harassment from phone, text, and then email, and then he. I won't give away everything that happened, but um, it's Texas, and he's a white male in Texas with um, yeah, a bit of a con man. So he was able to just sort of wriggle free of any consequence, uh, other than spending one night in jail. But um, yeah, so wow. that's what um so that's what sort of uh precipitated the writing of the show but i've been trying to write about my family for years because um literally literally for the last 10 years i've been trying to write about my family because what i was noticing as i was dealing with my brother was the patterns and the cycles that keep repeating in my family from domestic violence to addiction to alcoholism to suicide to a lot of heavy 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 things that just keep happening throughout the decades i'm like well there we go again oh yes we know this storyline we literally like it just keeps happening and uh you know it's important for me to be aware of it because i'm raising two teenage boys and so i started just doing research on my family and and saw these patterns emerging and then my brother's life mimics what has happened in the past so Oh, wow. That's why I wanted to get involved. Anyway, so being a comedian, I was like, well, shit, how do I make it funny? <laughs> so, all right, all this bad stuff's happened. Why, how do I make it funny? So I try to um, <clears throat> I try to input a lot of, like, um, a little self-deprecation, a little realization about myself and who I've always been and how I've always been and, and own it. I own the fact that I walked right into all of this mess because I got involved in someone else's life and I should never do that ever never ever should I do that again never never again but I do I keep I keep making the same mistake again so this time I think I've learned my lesson we'll find out <laughs> I know it's so hard especially when it's a family member and it's a sibling you know um I, I totally get that because um I did you know I understand where that's coming from um and and you want to help because you, you don't want to see your brother or sister right. or your yeah. you know your loved one you know crash and burn you know sure. you don't want yeah. that to happen so that's totally understandable yeah. so then so then from there you uh, so how how did you start to put the show together like writing it like how did that okay all... so this is what happened um i when we came home it was july of 2021 when we came home uh, I was very stressed out and I wasn't quite sure how to, I knew I got my kids back to California. I wasn't sure how much of a threat my brother would still be once we got to California because one of the threats that he sent was that he, uh, he was looking forward to quote, hunting down and killing my children. Um, he quote, knew my address oh my and God. I had brought this upon myself. So those were the three specific threats that got him thrown in jail for a night. Um, but there were like 35 emails, like there, it went on for days, but those were the three that I was like, uh, I have a problem in Texas, 
but when I get home to California, do I still have that problem? Is that problem going to follow me? And by the messages that he was sending me, it, it was very clear that I was going to have to worry about that. So um, I get back to California and for about six months. I'm just sort of shaky and I'm worried and I'm always looking over my shoulder and I'm trying to figure out if he's going to actually cross state lines with the weapons that he threatened me with. Um, and then after about six months, I started going, wait a second. What the hell? This is crazy. This is just crazy. Like, I was just like, this is the craziest thing. This is the craziest thing. And I went to sleep. And I hadn't slept well up until that point. But that night I slept well. And I had this crazy dream. Oh. And in the dream, uh, in the dream, this is all a dream, right? In the dream, I, I was at a restaurant with my kids and my husband. And they were doing an open mic comedy night in the back room in the dream. And so I was like, hey, boys, I'm going to go do a quick set you know, because uh, there's an open mic back there. This is all a dream. I walk in and it's Seth Meyers. It's John Mulaney. It's Arsenio Hall for some reason. It's like oh, Chris wow. Rock. It's like A-listers, right? And I was like, hey, I'd like to do an open mic. And the woman's like, no, you're nobody. This is a room for somebody's. And I'm like, well, I'm not nobody, but like I'm a comedian. And they're like, well, we don't know you. And then one of the people in the room was somebody that knew me. They vouched for me. I get up on stage. And I try to tell jokes. She was like, okay, you can have five minutes. So I tried to tell jokes and I can't remember any of my jokes. And I'm getting really frustrated. And the whole audience, like Chris Rock and John Mulaney, they're just like, oh. And I go, hold on a second. I was like, I tell you what, I can stand up here and tell you jokes all night. Or I can just tell you the truth about what's actually happening in my family right now. And we'll see what you think of that. And they're like, yeah, we totally want the truth. So I just, in the dream, spell out the absurdity and this story is absurd like this is an absurd story that is absolutely true as right. i did as i did this in the dream of course they're laughing and they're like holy shit this is the craziest thing i've ever heard and then that morning i woke up at four o'clock laughing and my husband's like what are you laughing about i was like i think i just wrote the next show in my dream and he's like wow. okay so i went in my room closed the door I said, don't anybody interrupt me. I have to just get everything that just happened in that dream. I have to put it on paper. So I wrote and wrote and wrote. And then I kept reading excerpts to my husband. And he's just dying laughing. He's like, this is the funniest shit I've ever heard. And then my kids hear us laughing. They're like, what are you watching? And my husband's like, we're not watching anything. Your mom just wrote this thing. Because my kids were very aware of what was happening the whole time. And they're very aware of my family and the absurd right. situations that evolved from that. And so they come down the hall and they I read up passage and they're like this is funny and i was like all right this is it so i'm just gonna write it wow <clears throat> so it didn't come out perfect it's still a work in progress but i then hooked up with a story developer named greg wallach and greg wallach is kind of he's known for working with comedians like hasa minaj and moses storm and a lot of real big name comedians who have solo shows so he and Hassan Minaj won a Peabody Award for Hassan's one-man show called Homecoming King, which is on Netflix. Anyway, Greg and I go way back. We did improv together in New York in the 90s. I call him up. I go, hey, you want to help me out with this? And he goes, absolutely. So he really helped me shape what is the story, where does the story go, and what am I trying to say? He's phenomenal. And so he helped you develop it into a, a, a one-woman yeah, show? pretty much, yeah. So his company is called The Alchemy of Storytelling. So basically you sit with him, and then he will be like, go. And you just, you know, you read it out. And I read really fast. And he's like, mm-hmm-hmm. And then he'll go, okay, I have some questions. He never writes a line for you, but then he'll just go, this is the point where I got confused can you answer this? Can you tell me what motivated this? And he'll just give you prompts to help you sort through how somebody who doesn't know the story needs to be kind of navigating your telling. Brought, brought up, yeah, or to bring yeah. them up to speed, if you will. Right. What the story so it's about. really helpful because you can't write in a bubble. Right, right. Wow. So then you went through that process and then, mm -hmm. um, and then just kind of, and then it developed from there? Yep. And so then I got, uh, I, it was really important for me to keep it under an hour. I did not want to go over an hour. So I got basically the hour long version and I decided to put it up in front of people in Topanga. And so I did one show before I came to Scotland. 
and um, <laughs> it was funny. Uh, a, it was the first time I put it up in front of a group. So I had done some readings for just a couple of friends of mine that are theater people and uh, got some good feedback. Then I put it up in front of the group and a lot of the lines that I thought were going to hit as jokes, people were like, what? <laughs> and oh. I'm like, oh, I forget that you as a viewer are not as comfortable with the level of dysfunction that I have had in my entire life. Like from the oh. get go, this is just stuff that we're like, oh yeah, that happened. Oh yeah, that happened. And so I had to sort of, you know, I had to remember that some of this stuff will trigger some people. Some of this stuff will upset some people. <laughs> some of this stuff is heavy. Through doing it 12 times here in Scotland, I found my moments of where this part is going to be heavy. Right. And just own that. I'm just going to let you be... know, we're going to get, well, I'm going to walk you through it and then we're going to get through it and then we're going to move forward and then we're going to get back to the jokes. You know what I mean? So yeah. I had to remind myself that not everybody has the same stuff. Right. right. Well, it's not coming from the same place you were when, when all this went down with, with your family. Right. And also like, I, I am a comedian. I have always been a comedian. I have that lens. So I'm always like, Oh, what's the story? Where's the joke? What's the funny? This is, fu you know, even the sh worst shit you can imagine. Yeah. This brain is going, ah, there's a joke in there. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, just, yeah. It's, you know, it's your suit of armor. It's your defense right. mechanism. It's the thing that got me through all the things that I got through. Right, right. Since you, were, you know. Now, um, do you mind if I ask, um, like, what's the situation currently with with your family and your and your brother? Is he out of the picture totally? Well, you got to see the show. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will. Uh, I I will. Uh, I will let you know that um, we don't know where my brother is. Oh. We don't. Know. Yeah, he kind of he disappears a lot, so we don't really know where he is. We think he's still in Houston. Uh, but I've blocked him. He is not allowed to contact me ever again. Wow. At all. Ever. So um, my family, um, you know, he's been estranged for a long time. And the rest of the family has sort of made it very clear that he's kind of not. I don't know. You know, I can't speak. I can't speak for other people. I will tell you, I can speak for myself. He's not allowed to ever be near me or my children again. Right, right. He lost that privilege when he threatened us with six shotguns. Oh, God, Jesus, six shotguns. Yeah. That's wow. And no, there's the um, whole reason. I mean, you, you'll see the show and you'll you'll understand yeah. who the six shotguns belong to and why he had them. And I walk sure. you through all of it. And I think I do a pretty good job of giving you everyone's motivation because right. the, not everybody's a bad guy. My brother is a really sick individual. He's very sick. And yeah. he needs a lot of help, but there is no help for people who don't have resources. Right, right. So now, it's, um, it's a sad issue, but I've made a comedy out of it well, <laughs> somehow. Well, and <clears throat> what a wonderful thing to be able to, you know, tell your story and to as a way to kind of heal, if you will, from the whole. Oh, it's all about healing. It's all about yeah. healing, and it's also all about shedding a light on it, so that my boys are very aware of what has happened in my family and so that their generation doesn't repeat the cycle again because i'm all about right. breaking the cycle yeah especially in this situation now um are there things in place to to help protect you and your family well i did uh i was granted a restraining order and then uh when the da uh decided to dismiss his case or my case uh he then saw that i lived in california so he's like oh you're not going to need a restraining order you live in California. He can't get you there. I'm like, really? Because there's a paved highway that goes from his door to my door, and uh, it's a straight road. It's I-10. Uh, so yeah, it literally goes. It literally goes door to door. Uh, so no, um, <clears throat> no, there's no protection for us. Oh Jesus. None. Oh, but I tell you what, I did do. <clears throat> I went and adopted a, a police attack dog. <laughs> so wow. I just got it. So I don't like guns, and I explained why I don't like guns in the show, but um. Uh, I, uh, I do love dogs. And so I have three dogs, but this dog is 70 pounds. He is half German shepherd, half, um, large schnauzer and he's okay. a rescue. And this dog is like, you know, I, I just believe in dogs. I believe that dogs will, um, protect humans in ways that other things can't. 
And no, I, I totally agree with you. I a lot of faith in that dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, really, all you have to do is just have a dog just start barking, you know, mm-hmm. hugely. <laughs> and then yeah. I would think that somebody would be like, eh, I'm not going to miss him. But again, my, like, my brother doesn't have resources. So the, I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know. But he's also a con man. So I don't know. You know, I do. It is on my mind every single day, especially doing the show here. I'm like, well, I brought it here because he can't get to me. I right. knew I, I could walk out of my hotel, I could get to my theater, I could do my show in a safe place and not worry about him finding me or hurting me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, won't do, I won't do the show in Texas, ever. No, no. That's his territory. Right. And also, Texans love guns. They're in a weird love relationship, like love, like worshipping yeah. relationship. They fear God and they worship guns and... I don't, I don't understand that line of thinking. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't either. For me, no judgments on people who like have right. guns. I understand, like people go to shooting ranges. I get it. People go hunting. I get that. I right. get all of that. And, and I and understand to protect that's a place in our society. Yeah, but the people that are like, uh, their go-to move is like shoot that person, kill that person, hurt that person. I don't understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I know it's, it, it is it's mind-boggling it's it's hard to wrap your head around something like that um but so tell us about the uh, the title of the show I, I'm pretty sure I understand why it's called Bulletproof <laughs> Unicorn but how, how did the title come about so okay so I had a couple of working titles for this thing as I was writing it and the first one was like <laughs> and again once you see the show you'll understand it but um the first title I had was drunks dead dogs and magical unicorns okay a lot of dogs die in this show. <laughs> oh, no. They just do. They just do. And for various reasons. I'm not going to get into it. But I use um, I use a device to, to walk you through that sadness, which is I make balloon animals throughout the show. Every time I introduce a dog, I physically make a balloon animal dog. <laughs> anyway, there's comedy oh. in it. There's comedy there. I'm not going to tell you what happens to the balloon animals, but you can imagine. Um, anyway, so... Uh, Okay, so that was the working title. And then I'm like, it's too long, it's too long, it's too long. Um, I've always called, I've kind of referred to myself as a uni- unicorn because uh, in my family, it's like, I'm just like this sunny, I don't know, I'm a unicorn. I just don't, I'm light, I'm fun, I'm funny. I have a tendency to like, I can go into like a really tragic situation and sort of divert people's attention and lighten the mood. That's been my role uh, my whole life. And um, so uh, my husband actually came up with the title, Bulletproof Unicorn, because I was like, it's something about, like, we need to we need to imply that there's danger to this unicorn. <laughs> and he's like, it's Bulletproof Unicorn. I was like, ah. I was like, I don't even have, I don't need to look any further. I was like, you're absolutely right. That's the title, you know. Nice. So. so your husband came up with the title. He did. Yeah, he <laughs> sure did. Nice. And yeah. it's Bulletproof Unicorn. And then the other thing I, I wanted to ask you, because you, in your... Um, images for the show for you know your mm-hmm. flyers you have the picture of you with the the helmet this one yeah. are you meaning this one right here that one right there <laughs> yes. yeah so what is what does s4 stand for ah you gotta see the show oh. <laughs> okay i'll answer it i'll answer it i'll answer it so okay so s4 i explain in the show that i have a lot of siblings and all of our names start with s but you uh, won't be able to like there's a lot of us but you won't be able to keep us straight so i refer to all the sisters as s1 s2 s3 and I am S four. Yeah, all of our names start with S, except for my brother. His name doesn't start with S. Plus, oh, he's de- he's dead to us, so we don't care. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, it's kind of like my family. We're all J's. <laughs> yeah, all, you know, you know. Yeah. It's just like if you're if I was telling somebody a, a story, like a friend, a story about my family, I'd be like, well, you know, this one did this and this one, did, and they'd be like, wait, which one is which? I'm like, ah, I'm not even going to give you their names. And also by not identifying their names i'm also kind of protecting their anonymity <clears throat> okay yeah that makes sense but so, yeah for somebody who doesn't know your family s1 s2 s3 is just easier to yeah to, exactly to use yeah oh yeah. okay yeah. I, was wondering, I was wondering about that i was like yeah a lot of people are like what's s4 i was like you'll un- uh, you'll, you'll know see. in the second paragraph of the show <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. um 
you, you mentioned the word paragraph of the show. Um, did you find it difficult or what was the process like for you to edit the show? Like once you wrote the whole thing, did you have to edit it or how was that? Oh yeah. I, it, editing is, um, was so necessary because the first version of this had so much detail. In fact, I pulled out an entire storyline because as I did, I did two readings for my theater friends, like, you know, people who I could get really specific feedback, good listeners. And they were like, um, can we be honest here? I was like, yes. They're like, the whole story is heavier than you think it is. Uh, but that one section, it's so tragic and it's so heavy that like I I would hesitate to put that in this show. And I'm like, it is really funny to me that like when I spell out what my family is accustomed to, uh -huh. uh, it would be too much for an audience in an hour. Oh, okay. And I said, you're absolutely right. Because every time I started going in that direction, I was like, oh, this doesn't feel right. First of all, it's not my story to tell. It's not my story to tell. And so I was like, I need to protect the people I'm talking about. I don't need it to tell this story. So I took it out. So that was a huge, I mean, that was like five pages. I was like, ah, that's all gone. Oh. Uh, also the editing. So I love editing. I love editing because I'm all about brevity. I know I'm a talker, so I, I talk a lot. But when I'm writing, I'm like, how, this is why I love Twitter. It's like, how few words can I say this in, you know? And with comedy, it's, you know, it's yeah, so it's... much more enjoyable if you just kind of keep it going me move, move through it so yeah editing i'm constantly editing i'm still editing you know i'm still like hmm yeah. shorten that i could i could change the way i deliver that um it's the first time that i've actually stood on stage and told the truth and tried to make a joke out of it so i've been writing jokes for a long time like 20 years of jokes i can write a joke i can set it up i can give you your punchline you know, it's like, woo, here we go. But when I'm dealing with things like this that are so sensitive and kind of, uh, some of it is yucky, I'm yeah, like, yeah. Oh, God, I, it's weird to have my comedy brain on at the same time as my, like, you know, yeah. but that's, you know, it's, you know, t t tragedy plus time equals comedy, right? <clears throat> so mm -hmm. I keep trying to remember that equation. So, right, right. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, but that's amazing, though, um, to, you know, to be able to go through this whole process from the incident that happened a year ago to um, putting it together. And... Well, I will say it wasn't just this year. OK, so for about oh. 10 years, I've been trying to write about family. Right. So I okay. I I went and saw a therapist about four years ago, about four and a half years ago. Um, I was like, hey. I've been carrying around this weight. Um, do you mind if I just like talk to you about it? And so she's amazing. Of course, therapists are amazing. And that first session was an hour long. And I was like, do you need help me? I'm like, do you need help uh, getting your jaw off the ground? <laughs> like she oh. was like, she literally, I've never had a therapy. You know, I've never been to therapy before, but she was like, the whole time. And I'm like, yeah, it's like, I'm not making any of it up. It's all true. She's like, okay, first of all, you're going to need to book another session because I want to know what happens next. <laughs> I was like, I know, I know it's exciting. But she was just like, wow, wow. So I was like, okay. Anyway, uh, uh, so so I started writing, uh, I started writing music. So I did, I did an album called No Good Drunk. No one's heard it. I have not released it. I've had it on a hard drive because of COVID. Um, and then I did, se so I did seven original songs, No Good Drunk, that basically takes you through all the alcoholics in our family and the damage they caused, okay? Oh, wow. Then when I got through with that album, I was like, and I had a full band. They're amazing. Oh, they were the chaps, the assless chaps from Mommy Talk of the Asses Chaps. Oh, yes. Um, I used those guys and they're amazing. And my friend Sam Small helped me write them and help produce the album amazing at the end of that i was like yeah that's not the whole story there's more to the story so then i said oh this needs to be a documentary because my mother's 
father drank himself to death in 1952 and is buried in some other woman's grave. Okay, so I was like, well, there's a story there. Well, yeah, I was just going to say that yeah. is a story. So really? my husband and my kids and I drove to El Paso, Texas, right after we got our first round of vaccines back in whatever it was, 2021, I guess. And we found the grave. Like, his name is not on it. It took some doing. So I was like, well, there's a documentary here. So we took our film camera out and shot some footage. And I was like, okay, we're really getting to the bottom of, you know, a lot of this story. But again, it's an incomplete documentary on a hard drive with a soundtrack. Because No Good Drunk is the story, you know, in song. Anyway, so this whole thing exists. It's just not complete because I don't, I didn't know how to wrap it all up. I didn't know how to make it relevant. And I didn't know how to make it today. Then my brother threatens to kill me and my children. I was like, holy shit, you guys, we have the ark. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) I know it's terrible, but I mean, if you're creative, you're like, oh, you know, hold on. Give me just a second. Put the guns down. I got to write this down. You know what I mean? So so I was like, you know, it took me a while to get to that point. But I was like, that that little gift he gave me was the thing that made it relevant to me so that I could talk about everything that's happened in the 50 years or 70 years leading up to today. Okay. It all became relevant because it's the same damn story every time. Wow. Wow. Oh, my God. This needs to go to Broadway at some point. <laughs> well, I will tell you, I, I'm, I'm seriously, I, I need to figure out what happens next because I have soundtracks that, you know, they fit right into this story. Oh, yeah. And it is a storytelling comedy show where it's just me on stage with a couple of devices, my balloon animals, <laughs> and my unicorn chimes. It's a very simple stripped down show, which is what you want to bring to the fringe if you're on no budget and if you're on, yeah. uh, if you don't have a big team, you want to strip that down to its bare necessities. Right, right. Uh, but if somebody put some money into this thing and I had an opportunity to blow it up to what I could see it coming, well, yes, mama's got plans. <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, good, good, good. And, um, by the way, uh, I'm chatting with uh, Stacey Burrows, and we're talking about her uh, one-woman show, Bulletproof Unicorn, that she's uh, been performing. There's the flyer if you're watching on YouTube, Bulletproof Unicorn. And um, for those listening on the on the uh, podcast version, it's um, a picture of her wearing a, a, a helm, uh, military helmet with S4 written on it. And you know, when you see the show, you'll learn what that's all about. Um but she's performing it right now, or she has been performing it at the um, the Fringe Festival in Edinburgh, but is planning to bring it back here to the States and um, hopefully doing some shows in uh, uh, California. Um, oh, so so do you have dates lined up yet for um, the States or are you still working? I do not. I do not have dates lined up. Um, this has been such an undertaking. <laughs> this has been insane. I have stepped away from my house, home, and family for the last three and a half weeks. So when I get home... I need to do a little damage control and make sure everything is still functioning and that my dogs still know me and then I can make plans moving forward. But right, yeah, right. Sure. Of yeah, but know. definitely I want to get right on it. I don't want to, I don't want to wait. Cause I also know that like, just it's hard. You have to keep the momentum going. And also uh, you don't want to wait until the holidays cause then the holidays get busy and then you get into January. And then of course we know we're going to have another resurgence of COVID. And I'm like, well, hold on, hold on. There's, there's well, then, like an awful time. Monkey pox were crying out loud. I was like, what? Oh, God, I know. Oh. Plus the fact my son is graduating high school this year. So I really, oh. and my youngest is starting high school this year. And I really, you know, I, I pride myself in being able to quote, do it all because I do not want to miss a second of their very exciting years and their sports and their performances and everything. I'm like, okay, I need to see what my whole year calendar looks like. And then I'll plug myself in to when I have opportunities to do this. But it's something I can just get in the car and go and do. So that's what I do. At least this version, like you were saying, it's so stripped down. You Mm -hmm. can just grab your your stuff. (laughs) My unicorn chimes and my my balloon animals. I mean, I'm not even kidding. It's so funny what my... So wait, what are, uni- what are unicorn chimes? I don't know if I've, is it, do they look like it's something? It's a little tabletop chime set. I mean, do you want to oh, see? Yeah, do you I have literally it? Have it. Yes, I just pulled them out of the theater. They're oh, so okay. cute. 
Oh, they're so cute. Oh. They're this literally... Is... Oh, okay. Look, look how cute they are. And we've bedazzled them. My friend Destiny helps me with all my costumes and set pieces. But this, every time I talk about my unicorn magic... Isn't that nice? Oh, pretty. Yeah. Anyway, now I'm going to put them away because they make noise. <laughs> the unicorn. Very, the unicorn tons. I love yeah. it. Anyway, but yeah, it's a very, like I said, I, I, by design, I made it to where it was something that I could just do on my own and be very yeah. self-contained. And I mean, I have tech um, built into the show, but I lost my tech guy. I had a, the first week of Fringe, I had a really great young tech guy. He was amazing. The second week of Fringe, uh, he couldn't do the second week, so I had to get a new person, and he didn't quite understand the show, and he didn't understand how to work the board, and I don't know what happened, but oh, wow. <clears throat> after two days, I was like, mm, ah, we're done. So I let him go, and then I was like, I'm just going to run it without tech. I'm going to do my pre-show music, which is like an old, uh, it's a Tommy Cash song. It's not Johnny Cash, it's Johnny Cash's brother, Tommy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's a song called Six White Horses, and it's just great. And I was like, screw it. I'll do my pre-show music. It's a very small space. Uh, I'll turn it off. I'll go up. I'll tell the story. I missed all of my lights and my other sound cues, but it's okay. You know, it's just the story. The yeah, story's yeah. enough. But I can tell you, after doing it 12 times, I was, every day, I was validated by seeing how people responded to this story because their jaws were just on the ground. They're like, what? like they just couldn't believe it. And I'm like, you guys, I this can tell you every word of this is true. Yeah. Every word of it is true. And it validated my frustration with my family and my like frustration throughout life going, this is crazy, right? Like this is nuts. Like most yeah. people don't have this. Um, so I was glad I did it because I'm like, yeah, okay, so I'm right, right? I'm right? This is nuts? Yeah, this yeah, yeah. is nuts. Yeah, this is nuts, right? This story <laughs> yeah. is cuckoo, right? I'm not yeah, because I never want to, like, I don't ever want to sensationalize things. I'm a very yeah. big fan of not sensationalizing things. So yeah. I intentionally wrote it, even though I'm talking about very heavy, tragic things. There is not really a moment in the show where I, you know, I, I, I never want the audience to worry about me ever right. okay. and i make it very clear that i am okay i'm a unicorn i'm bulletproof yeah. and you know what i mean yeah plus you got that <laughs> yeah. magical horn that you know unicorns have right that you can yeah. impale somebody if you need to <laughs> absolutely oh well well if but i am you know i'm uh i'm passive yeah yeah <laughs> oh my gosh well um stacy we okay. just have a, a couple minutes left but i just wanted to ask you real quick though about yeah. edinburgh itself um yeah what did you um, learn about Edinburgh that you didn't know before? Like, what did you, when you got there, what, what did you go, oh, I didn't know it was going to be like this? Or was right. there that kind so, of thing? Um, I think, you know, I did a lot of prep. I did a lot of research. But what I came to realize is everything I heard was true, which is when you get here, um, the, the the whole city just, I don't, I don't know the statistics, but like a whole new crop of people come in for the fringe. So these aren't necessarily the locals. It's right. a whole new population. And every single person that's here is an artist or creator or a producer or a choreographer. It is a town full of theater people <laughs> or comedians. And it's yeah. a wonderful energy. Um, I learned that locals have a love-hate relationship with the Fringe, but I understand that. It's a big disruption for their city, but it's also a lot of money for their city, too. Uh, but... Most people, they call them the punters. So those are the people that you want to pitch your show to. These are local. The locals are fringe goers that are like, I want to see a show today. What should I see? They call them punters. They're on your side. They want you to do well. Um, and they want to support you. And they're happy to support you. And they're excited to, like, meet you and, and learn your story and who you are. And, like, also there's a whole community of people that you meet doing this from all over the world. So now I have like a whole new friend set all oh, over the nice. world. From so I'm like, over. wow, look, you make legitimate connections, not network, like, you know, in LA people connections yeah. or yeah. network. It's not that it's like legitimate, like bonding. Like we just went through something so extreme and hard. <clears throat> and now we're friends for life because we bonded through it. Nice. Um, you also learn that every single thing with your production that can go wrong will go wrong, and you need to expect that. 
if you're doing the fringe, you got to just know everything will fail. Everything will fail, including your health. (laughs) In the middle of your run. So you got to just go, and you will lose every dollar that you invest. You will absolutely lose every dollar that you invest. But it's but it's worth it. It's worth it. I yeah. you not. It's worth it. I I know what motivated me to do it. I'm so glad I did it. I definitely want to do it again. I will do it differently next time. There will be some changes that I make. But right, right. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was going to ask. Do you think you would do it again, or, or would you? Um, do you have something in mind for like a, a new show, or what would you do? Um, I would absolutely do it again. You know, it needs to be at a time that works for me as a mother and as a wife. It is always in August. Okay, so it is always the month of August. That's a hard month uh, for me next year because I'll be getting my oldest off to college. Possibly. I'm assuming. (laughs) Um, uh, So I don't know. Um, I just think it's, if it, you know, it's like this. This is the way, this is the way I see it. New York City. Uh, if you have that, it's you know, if you've got if you got that New York City itch, you're like, oh, I gotta scratch that itch. I yeah. gotta live in New York City. I have to do it. Right. If you have that in you and you don't ever do it, you go through your whole life going, ah, oh, what would that have been like? Right. The French is the same way for me. I, I when I was a kid in high school, I was like, oh, one day I'm gonna live in New York City. I just am. I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but I'm gonna do it. And I did. I graduated college. Um, and then I moved to New York a week later with $40 in my pocket <laughs> and wow. I started waiting tables, started doing temp work, started doing stand-up comedy and it was not smooth. It was not uh, a funded expedition. <laughs> I worked my tail off, but I'm so glad I did it. Same thing with the fringe. I just, there was something within me that wanted to know what it would be like to do that. And also to know what it would be like to just wake up every single day and only be focused on my show. Because as a mother and a wife, I have a full plate at home. And I had to separate myself from all of that and only focus on me for a couple weeks. And I got to say, it was really nice. It was really nice. To be able to do this, yeah. Yeah, to just be like, well, I'm halfway across the world. There's If there's a problem, someone else is going to have to solve it. And and my husband really rose to the occasion. My kids are amazing. Our dog sitter, house sitter is amazing. Like, I had a whole crew of people holding down the fort for me. Nice. But I'm eager to get home on Sunday because I, I know that I have a lot of work waiting for me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I'm sure your family would love, would love to just, you know, hug you and see you and do all I that. I don't know about that. Let's not be extreme. Be like, oh, when are you coming back? All right. All right, mom. I don't have anything. To can eat. you get can milk you... on the way? Yeah, yeah. Can you get milk on your way? Home? I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Cereal. But yeah, but literally, the fringe is. There's nothing else like it in the world. Yeah. Nothing else like it in the world. Um, and you know, I just highly recommend coming as a a fringe goer. Like somebody yeah. told me, one piece of advice I was given was that don't take a show the first time you go. Just go and experience it and then come back and take a show i disagree with that advice if i had been here without a show i would be like i'm really glad that i did it and yeah i intentionally picked a small theater and it was hard to get audiences some days and that's fine that's part of the deal it's a hustle but i'm really glad i did it really glad i did it nice nice well stacy i I would i could chat with you for several yeah, I know hours. I could too I need to drive to Santa Barbara when I get home so we can finish this conversation yeah 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 we'll have to have <laughs> lunch or coffee or cocktails or something I would and, love that I would, I would absolutely and Vicky, hey Vicky Vicky needs to come and Terry too yeah 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 absolutely <laughs> we, should, we should definitely try to make that happen it would be great because I, w- I would love to learn more about about the play and about Edinburgh and the whole yeah. like I could give you I mean I could literally unpack every great thing I saw and why I loved it and like yeah. my own personal review of the French <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. But um, unfortunately, I have to let you go. But before I do, is there any any other information that we should put out there about about Bulletproof Unicorn? Or well, you can follow um, you can follow my social media. I have a website, bulletproofunicornshow.com. and then my um, oh, actually no, my website is bulletproofunicorn.com. My Instagram is bulletproofunicornshow at bulletproofunicornshow. Okay, so you're yeah, and that's that's Bullet- where you could go. Yeah, at Bulletproof Unicorn Show is Insta. Unicorn Show. All yeah. Word. 
Yeah. And, that, and that's on Instagram. Okay. And then your website is just bulletproofunicorn.com. Yeah. And the, those are the two places you can watch for more. Um, I have Twitter too, but honestly, Twitter is essential here in the fringe, but the minute I get home, it'll probably go, you know. I mean, yeah, Twitter, yeah, that's it's a weird one. <laughs> if you live and die by it here in at the fringe, everybody's on Twitter. Everybody's oh, on Twitter. Yeah, it's absolutely necessary. But when I get home, I mean, it'll still be alive, but, yeah. you know, Instagram is my favorite. That's yeah. where I get my information out. Awesome. So the website is bulletproofunicorn.com to learn more about the show. The Instagram uh, to follow is uh, bulletproofunicornshow.com. And you can learn more about Stacy um, on. And, and then what is your Instagram? Oh, mine is just at Stacy Burrows. At Stacy Burrows. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. And that's Stacey with an IE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But thanks, Jim. I really appreciate you taking interest in the show. Oh, and absolutely. It's, well, I, we'll see where it goes next. What happens yeah. to the unicorn ho- Yeah, hopefully we can bring it to maybe Santa Barbara or other places in California. It would be great. And Yeah, I, I got my eyes on the, I got my eyes on the Throckmorton in Mill Valley, too. I love that theater. So uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, awesome. Well, I just want to say uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Stacy, and continued thank success you. with the show. And, I appreciate um, it, man. Oh, it's my <laughs> pleasure. It was great to to learn more about about the show and about Edinburgh. And again, the website is called bulletproofunicorn.com. Instagram bulletproofunicorn show at uh, on um, Instagram. And um, by the way, if you want to know what I'm up to, it's Jim on the air is the name of the show and it's on all the social medias as jim on the air twitter you uh youtube uh facebook etc and uh, the podcast can be found on anchor.fm also spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, just to name a few of the uh, platforms and uh and the website is uh jim uh jim s-i-r-i-a-n-n-i.com to learn more there as well and um and Stacey, again, thank you so much for joining us and continued success and safe travels back to the States. Oh, yes, please. Thank you. <laughs> All right. We'll see you in Santa Barbara, Jim. Yeah, we'll see you soon. And everybody, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> this has been Jim on the Air. Jim on the Air is the show about anything and everything. So if you'd like to be a part of Jim on the Air or you have an idea for a topic, shoot me an email to jimontheair at gmail.com. That's jimontheair at gmail.com. You can also find me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Jim on the Air. And if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to like, subscribe, and share this video. I would greatly appreciate it. Jim on the Air is a presentation of 5J's Media Production and was recorded earlier for presentation at this time.